welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you in this podcast about the whole issue of civil liberties, uh, the issue of our privacy, uh, and, and the issue of both government and corporate intrusion into that privacy. Now, uh, the, the sentence that I've just said causes some of you to think that uh, you know, perhaps this is just the province of liberals, that, uh, that folks like the ACLU pay attention to civil liberties and to privacy issues, etc. cetera. Uh, but, but I want to suggest that this whole area of privacy, the whole area of the government intruding into civil liberties, the entire arena of, uh, of our privacy being invaded, both by corporations and government, is something that every citizen ought to be concerned about. And in a sense, it really is a conservative, and I'm speaking as a political conservative, it really is a conservative concern. Conservatism, by definition, uh, is about the idea that government needs to be limited, it needs to be bound by law, it needs to be restricted. The Founding Fathers even maintained the idea that federal government is different from state government, is different from county government, and that citizens were freer if each level of government is sort of contained and uh, accountable to its citizens. And, and so something has happened in the last a few days that, that really is astonishing to me and, and is an example of the sort of encroachment that's happening, by the way, at the hands of both political parties in America, both Democrats and Republicans, in the area of uh, civil liberties. Uh, let me tell you what I'm talking about, and, and then I'll describe it a little bit and tell you why it's a threat, and, uh, and you, perhaps you'll see why this is something we need to be paying attention to. At the beginning of this year, 2012, President Obama uh, signed the National Defense Authorization Act. Now, in some sense, a president signs something like this every year. It's what renews funding for certain programs. It's what defines the financial scope of our military. But in this year, uh, there was a dramatic expansion of the federal government and particularly the military's uh, control over civilian lives. Uh, when it came to the war on terror. And uh, this has been uh, something upsetting to both sides. Uh, this NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, was debated in Congress. Um, initially, uh, some of the cong congressmen who were in favor of it uh, you know, signed it, knowing that it would be modified in committee. Uh, and then they opposed it because it had become such a dramatic expansion of this intrusion upon our civil liberties. It's interesting that uh, two of the men who were opposed to this were Rand Paul, who's, a, who's pretty much a libertarian. He's a Republican, but he's a libertarian who believes in a dramatically limited government and, uh, and, and very much freedom of individual citizens. And then Al Franken. Uh, many of you will know who he is, the former Saturday Night Live actor, comedian, uh, who's now a senator. Uh, and doing a great job, very liberal. And so the two of these men come from opposite sides of the political spectrum, uh, and yet they both oppose this bill. Well, let me tell you why. Um, first of all, under this bill, under this act, um, it is possible to hold people uh, without trial, to detain them without trial uh, indefinitely. Now, this is a violation of uh, everything Americans stand for, and I'll show you in just a minute that this is not just about terrorists. It's not just about people we might arrest in Afghanistan or detain in Iraq. It's about U.S. citizens. I want to read from the exact language of the bill. It says uh, that detention under the law of war without trial until the end of hostilities 
authorized by the authorization for use of military force. This is, this is what is possible. Uh, it, it is, it, I'll read the sentence before. The disposition of a person under the law of war as described in subsection A may include the following, and then comes that, that important language, detention under the law of war without trial until the end of hostilities. Now, this means that somebody can actually be held without any trial until the hostilities that they are assumed to be part of have ended, which which can mean forever. I mean, when do these when do the hostilities related to the war on terror uh, ever end? Now, I have to say that most Americans wouldn't get too upset about this if this related to uh, confirmed terrorists or people who had just you know uh, done done something violent in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in some other country. Um, but what's interesting is that this does sub, uh, apply to U.S. citizens. Uh, in a later act uh, section or part of the part of the act, uh, 1022, um, it says the requirement to, ta- to detain a person in military custody under this section does not extend to citizens of the United States. Now, I, I know that doesn't sound very inflammatory, but it's lawyer language. In other words, the military is not required to detain citizens of the United States, but it may. To say that the requirement does not extend means that the option of doing so is present. So let me put put this all together. Uh, I am a little darker skinned than most people. It's a just combination of accidents and and uh, and then uh, just you know being a Native American by background. And and so let's say that I uh, say something about 9-11 being God's will, and I say it in an airport, and some security guy hears it. I can be detained. Uh, indefinitely, uh, as even though I'm a U.S. citizen, I can be detained indefinitely because I have in some way come under suspicion of supporting the war on terror. And if you think that that's, uh, that's overstated, listen to this, the, the, another provision in the act, which relates to an expansion of the definition of a war on terror. Uh, it says that among those who, whom, whom this act covers are people who substantially supported al-Qaeda, the Taliban, or associated forces that are engaged in hostilities against the United States or its coalition partners. Now, on the one hand, I'm not flying to Afghanistan and shooting against the U.S. Army. Of course not. But uh, I suppose that I say something, write something, that seems to give support to 9-11, or I have, I have Christian friends who think 9-11 was the judgment of God on America. Suppose that's said in some public forum, and it seems to give support to associated forces, quote-unquote, of the Taliban or al-Qaeda. Uh, this can be actionable, and now the provision is there in the law to allow U.S. citizens to be detained indefinitely, without trial, until, quote-unquote, the cessation of hostilities. Now, this is such a grievous extension of the, of the intrusion upon our civil liberties that it's hard to believe uh, that a liberal president, uh, especially of, of the nature of Barack Obama, would sign it. He said that he didn't like it. He said there were some things he didn't like in the act, but he had to sign it anyway. I have to say, without intending to be insulting, that's a little bit the way Barack Obama is. He sort of says, well, I'm not really with this, but I have to do it. And then he always has deniability later. It's a little bit of shuck and jive. And I think that uh, that he, he he should not have signed this. He should have uh, forced more debate. The military could have still had its funding. But uh, the broader trend that we're dealing with here uh, is that is that government continues to intrude into the lives of private citizens, 
civil rights continue to be eroded. And most Americans are unaware of it. Think about it. Most of you listening to this podcast had never heard of the National Defense Authorization Act before I mentioned it. Uh, or you may have read it and now you realize that you've read about it, but you don't have any idea what it means. Or you, when you read it, you thought, well, it's just another funding bill. Uh, very few people have brought to the fore the idea that this is a dramatic expansion of incursion into civil rights, um, that it's not just the left, but the right are quite upset about it. And yet yet this thing passed the, uh, the Senate with 97 votes. So all of that to say that uh, it's something we want to start paying attention to. This is not just the province of the ACLU. It's not just the, uh, the province of Freedom Watch or, or other organizations that focus on this. Um, we are seeing an increasing incursion into our civil rights. And I want to say, too, that, that many people were upset with, uh, with George W. Bush because he, he got the phone companies, his administration got the phone companies to, to, to cooperate with intelligence gathering and surrender phone numbers and allow for the monitoring of phone calls and things like that. And, and the, the civil rights watch community were just, uh, it was just up in arms. Um, and, and, and I certainly oppose, am opposed to some of what the Bush administration did when it came to the incursions into civil rights. This act is a dramatic expansion beyond that. And yet it's being done by a president who at least gives lip service to greater civil rights than George W. Bush maintained. So the important point here is that it's both parties. It's people who speak on both sides of the issues. Um, and we are seriously looking at a crisis of civil rights, and we need for folks to uh, stand up against it. We need for our congressmen and our senators to respect civil rights, to not allow uh, the war on terror to become an excuse for removing, stripping citizens of their rights. We need to think about what it would mean uh, for somebody who just seems to have given support maybe to al-Qaeda and 9-11, a U.S. citizen suddenly being held, detained indefinitely, no trial until, quote unquote, the cessation of hostilities. I mean, that's like, you know, forever. And, and the bottom line is that this is what's happening now. This is not theory. This is not a movie. This is not 1984 projecting this from decades ago. Um, this is what the president has signed within the last, oh, 72 hours. And it's something that we need to be aware of. So urge your congressmen and senators to stand for civil rights. Uh, urge, uh, support the organizations that are close to your view of politics that, that contend for these things. I mean, on this particular issue, I'm, believe it or not, with the ACLU. And believe me, that hasn't happened more than two or three times in my entire life. Uh, but nevertheless, we need to stand with whoever will stand with us on these particular issues. Um, watch this trend. Keep an eye on it. Be aware of it. It's serious. It's real. It's happening now. And uh, it's going to join with some other sort of corporate and technological incursion into our liberties that I think will uh, be a threat uh, to us as U.S. citizens. This Stephen Mansfield podcast was brought to you by the Mansfield Group. Find us at mansfieldgroup.com.